Hello, this is Andy Lucas, pastor of Emmaus Road Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. And we hope this message will help you grow in your walk with Christ. And if you'd like to support this ministry, you can do so by visiting theroadfc.org and click on the giving link. Uh, Well, this is the first week of a new series that we're calling Grateful, and I thought it would be fitting to begin the series by reading uh, Psalm 100, uh, which is a tremendous psalm of thanks. Uh, Then I'll spend a few minutes reflecting uh, on the psalm, but maybe not on the psalm in particular, but the truth that is behind the psalm. Um, And so let's begin with a reading of Psalm 100. Uh, It says this, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness and come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, for several years, we've had a November tradition uh, where every evening a member of our family writes something specific uh, that they're thankful for on a cutout leaf. Uh, We then hang that leaf on a string of jute that runs along the top of our kitchen window. Uh, Thankful leaves is what we call them. So every day uh, during the month, our string of leaves grows until it fills the whole space uh, of the window from edge to edge. And so I wanted to show you a picture this morning of our thankful leaf so far, eight days into November. So Jay, if you could bring that up. So here it is so far, um, in-person school, snow, uh, and then one person says I'm thankful for online school because then I have company at home. Wonder who that one came from, right? (laughs) Uh, and then you can you, the, the rest of them get blurry there. Um, I think one of the things I said this, to, uh, this time was I'm thankful for tech, uh, technology that helps keep us connected in these days. And so we've, we've kind of got this tradition, and, and we do this because uh, we first want to build a sense of gratefulness in our own hearts. Uh, the Amy and I are doing it as a formational exercise for us, <laughs> Right? But we also want to build a heart of gratitude into that of our children. And it's fun that by the end of the month, it's fun to see all the things that we're thankful for lined up in a row. But I want to be honest with you. Sometimes I fret when it comes around to be my turn. Um, I'm afraid that I won't be able to come up with uh, something to say that I'm grateful for. And I think this is for two reasons primarily. Uh, Number one is I'm kind of not that great at being thankful right? Uh, maybe you can identify with that, but sometimes I just kind of like accept things and this, they are as they are and that's it. And I don't really think about how bad they are or how good they are. I just, this is how it is. And so kind of just generally speaking, I'm not that great at being thankful. Uh, but the second reason that sometimes I fret when it comes to be my turn for the thankful leaf is I feel like I need to write something down on the leaf that feels really deep, super significant, and maybe even poetic, right? Like, I feel all this pressure to, to like have this super significant thing written down on the leaf. And so oftentimes when it's my turn, I'll ponder my life, 
I'll identify the good things. I'll try to find the deeper meaning of that thing or those things, which often, which often just leaves me empty-handed and uncertain of what to write on the leaf. I think gratitude can be difficult for many of us. And while there are probably a lot of reasons for this, I think one of the reasons is that at least in the West, our gratitude has often been attached to a sense of duty. Uh, Author and theologian Diana Butler Bass says this, quote, for centuries, Westerners have defined gratitude as a commodity of exchange organized around notions of wealth and power. Benefactors gave benefits to beneficiaries who in turn were indebted to their benefactors. So this debt and duty model that's built on required reciprocity is so widespread as to largely be invisible to us, but continually influences us, end quote. Here's what she's talking about. Uh, Do you know the feeling of, of, of when someone does something for you or gives you a gift, but instead of feeling grateful, you feel indebted? Has that ever happened? Uh, Maybe you feel obliged to return the favor. You feel duty-bound to reciprocity. So that's what she's pointing us to, or this reality that there's kind of this debt and duty sense attached to our gratefulness. The other element here, though, is the way in which we tend to view gifts and the giving of gifts. We tend to view it in terms of, of power arrangements, That is, that there are powerful and privileged people who give gifts to weak and underprivileged people. There are those who are sort of in position as gift givers and those who sort of are underprivileged and in position of receiving these gifts. It's this kind of commodity of exchange. And in this commodity of exchange, it's often resentment that is built rather than gratitude. And so while this is firmly ingrained in us, our gratitude, I want to share with us this morning, can be something other than this debt and this duty model. There is another way. And that other way is to learn to see gratitude through the lens of gift and response. And with this understanding, not debt and duty, but gift and response, with this understanding, gifts exist before benefactors, because everything is a gift. Now, I don't want to sound too mystic for some of you, but uh, hear me out. Everything is a gift. The universe, life itself, each moment, this moment, friendship, love, family, food, these are all gifts that have been given to us by the grace of of God. A couple of weeks ago, I made plans to be with a friend, but because but this is becoming more and more difficult, right? Um, this becomes difficult because we're both kind of taking a pretty cautious approach to this pandemic. Our kids are learning remotely. We both have work, etc., etc., and so it became difficult to find a place and a time to get together. And what we finally landed on is 7 a.m. outside. <laughs> Why? And my family looked at me and was like, you know what temperature it is at 7 a.m., right? And, and you want to gather outside with your friend, and you know that it's 7 a.m., right? <laughs> and why would you do this? And I looked at them, and I said, I want to do this, and I want to make this effort, and I want to sit in the cold because friendship is a gift. 
And it needs to be fostered even in these days and by whatever means possible. And so all of these things I want us to come and see is not duty and response, but gifted, not, do, not debt and duty, but giftedness and response. And as Christians, what we do is we identify God as the giver of all of these gifts. And perhaps this is what, part of what the psalmist was talking about when he talked about the faithfulness of God from generation to generation. That yes, we could point to that and we could say very specific things that this is how God is faithful to me in this circumstance and in that circumstance and this is how God has shown up for me and this is when God came through. We could point to those very specific things but can we also point to the general giftedness of life as part of the faithfulness of God from generation to generation to generation? that all generations have been given gifts from the hand of the Creator. Now, I don't know how that lands in your heart this morning. I don't know if you, uh, whether or not you believe that today, but the truth is, is that whether you recognize God as the giver or not, the simple reality remains that gifts come first. Amen. That we wouldn't be here without a whole series of gifts bestowed upon us. And so in this way, we are all beneficiaries. Let me quote again the important work of Diana Butler Bass. She says this, many of us were taught that it is more blessed to give than to receive. But the truth is, we must first receive in order to give. We must first receive in order to to give. We are all beneficiaries of God's generosity. And having received these gifts, then we can respond with gratitude. So it's gift and response. It's recognizing that so much of our lives are giftedness of God and gifted by God, even in the midst of difficulty and struggle. There are gifts for us to recognize. There are gifts for us to receive. And having seen and recognized them as gifts, we can then respond with gratitude. Now the word gratitude and the word grace share the same root word. In Latin, the word is gratia. In, in, uh, in Greek, the word is charis. That's the root word for both gratitude and grace. And it makes sense that these two words would share the same root word because grace is this unmerited favor that whenever we receive unmerited favor, it is sure to lead us into a heart and a sense of gratitude. And so what I want us to catch more than anything this morning is that even in the midst of pandemic and all of the difficulties that we have faced this year, that our lives are gifted by God and we can respond with gratitude. Amen. And that grace is this all-encompassing word that is used to describe how God has showered his creation with good gifts. Grace is the short-term way of painting a picture that God is like tossing gifts around without discrimination, right? Grace is this, this picture of God throwing gifts out over all of creation without any discrimination at all, just free gifts for everyone, gifts of love, joy, goodness, and pleasure. Grace is when gifts 
are given that have not been earned and have no expectation of return. And so what grace does is it bucks the whole system of debt and duty and turns it on its head. And so maybe we haven't thought about or talked about grace in this way. It is certainly the grace of God that has made possible our salvation. But it is also the grace of God when we gaze upon the beauty of a sunset. It is also the grace of God when a child climbs onto your lap. Or when the kids FaceTime grandma. Or the silent snowfall in the evening. Or a few quiet moments at home. Or even the sound of laughter. These are all grace. The unmerited favor of God. And if we will learn to see it, I believe that we will learn to live more fully into lives of gratitude. Amen? So there I was. I had a marker in my hand trying to come up with something to write on my thankful leaf. Uh, Frozen by a need to come up with something amazing, I noticed the meal that was in front of me. It was healthy, prepared with love for the whole family, and I could have as much as I'd like. And so I wrote down, good food. And then my next turn came around in the, of the thankful leaves, and, and it came around on an especially cold day, and so I wrote down, warm house. And then the next time, games played with family. And then the next time, birthdays. At the end of the month, I looked at all the things that I had written, and they all seemed uh, so ordinary, unimpressive, even mundane. Good food, a warm house, games, and birthdays. They all looked so mundane and unimpressive, but then it hit me. Maybe that's the point. That, That maybe the point of the thankful leaves is not to test my ability to be a deep thinker or even express myself poetically, but maybe the point of the thankful leaves is to begin to see that everything is a gift given by the grace of the giver. Amen. For the next three weeks during this series, I invite you to look for things to be thankful for. Uh, Even the small things, even the mundane things, even the boring and ordinary things, but to begin to see that our lives are filled with the giftedness of God who is the creator and has so indiscriminately offered gifts to all of creation. And as you begin to notice these things, big and small, would you do us a favor? Snap a photo and use the hashtag, always something to be thankful for. And so here's something this week that we had to be thankful for. Uh, It was our cat, Dakota. It was her birthday. So what do you do on a cat's birthday? Well, you put a birthday hat and a bow tie on the cat. And so, and then uh, there's the hashtag. I know it's hard to see, uh, but hashtag cat birthday. You could skip that one. Hashtag celebrate life. Hashtag always something to be thankful for. And then hashtag cat birthdays matter. 
<laughs> so this is on Instagram, and just as a way of saying, there's always something to be thankful for. And we would love for you to just join us in this exercise. Uh, whether you post it on social media, whether you just snap a picture, text it to me or our staff, we would love to see the things that you are noticing about the grace-filled life that we live. You see, there's always something to be thankful for and to be grateful for. I used to be grateful that I didn't have pet hair or litter boxes to clean. But now I'm grateful for a pet to love and the joy that she brings to our girls, even though I now have pet hair and litter boxes to clean. (laughs) There's always something to be thankful for because so much of life is a gift given by the grace of God. I want to leave you with one more quote from Diana Butler Bass that just helps solidify this point for us this morning. It says this, quote, There would be no benefactors if they were not first the recipients of grace. In other words, gifts come before givers. We do not really give gifts. We recognize gifts. We receive them. And then we pass them on. Isn't that beautiful? We don't really give gifts. We recognize them, receive them, and then pass them on, end quote. May we live then with grateful hearts, for the Lord is good. His love endures forever, and he is faithful to all generations. Amen. Let me say a word, simply say a word of prayer, and then I'll lead us to the Lord's table today. Heavenly Father, today we focus in on this simple but profound truth of the giftedness of life. And maybe that's difficult for us to remember in a year that has presented us with so many challenges. But God, may we as your people begin to see and to recognize the free grace that you have offered to us. And so I pray for parents as we, as we manage so much time at home with kids and siblings with one another, it's, it's easy to kind of live on edge, but may we begin to see of the giftedness of time together. God, I pray for grandparents as they navigate how to spend time with grandkids and in person and over screens, a combination of both. And, and all of that, like dynamics, God, we pray that we would just learn to see the giftedness of generations gone by. And may we proclaim your faithfulness to all generations. And Lord, for each one of us, as we navigate these days, whether election results brought joy or sorrow to us, God, may we still recognize the giftedness of life and the grace that is offered to us freely. So Lord, give us eyes to see. For in seeing, we may then respond with gratitude in our lives. So help us to be a grateful people, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.